0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Megatalks TV. I am Lee. I am here. I'm joined by Spencer Spencer. Say hey to the people. Hey, everybody. We are marching through succession. It is time to review season two, episode three, Hunting. Spencer, I told you before we started recording that when I watched season one and two, and you agreed to do the review podcast of Succession with me, there were three main episodes I was excited for you to see. The first was Tom's bachelor party, closed loop system. Mm. And the second is this one, Hunting. And the third one we have yet to see. Spencer, what would you think of the episode? This one was nuts.
1: I mean, we talk about, like, each episode. We, we, we joke with the show that, you know, this show has a surprising n- number of moments where he's saying, oh, man, they won't go there. Oh, God, they went there. Where are they going to go now? Like, this sh- most shows have maybe one moment of that a season. This one has one or two in episode every now and then. This entire episode was that moment. I was shocked. This was an effective reminder to aspects of characters that I kind of repressed for a while, particularly about Logan, And it was a tour de force. I mean, various actors just acted their pants off and made for just a magical hour of television.
0: You're absolutely right. And as weird as it is, after Tom's bachelor party, somehow this episode surprised me. It went to another level. And I didn't know the show was capable of doing that after uh, literally having one of the main characters get snowballed. (laughs) I mean... It it was really impressive. The show went full King Lear and sold
1: it. It was um, it was a really well done bit of television.
0: Yeah, it certainly was, uh, Spencer. Before we get going, anything you want to talk about with Mangum Reads? Ah, uh, Mangum Reads.
1: We've done a variety of short stories lately, from Dimensions by Alice Monroe to uh, the interestingly named Quiet Boy, that is going to be done into a movie named Antlers by Guillermo de Toro. Uh, otherwise, we, which both of which were a delight to talk about, despite the fact we have polarly opposite views on those two. We also have started uh, the second book of Harry Potter, The Chamber of Secrets, Read right through the first chapter, which was the shortest damn chapter of the entire series so far, but we still had fun talking about it and left us an excited point to continue through the second book.
0: And I will plug something. We are going to be releasing this. This will be the released on the Sunday before Christmas. That's the lead up to the big New Year's party holiday thing that uh, the Mangum crew does. Look for a lot of Whiskey on the Weekend's pods coming out of that. We've got a lot of whiskey we're going to try, stuff we've been saving all year. Um, We've got some prizes for you guys, so I think it'll be a lot of fun.
1: It is. We've kind of become an annual tradition now where there's going to be about three hours of recording of us getting increasingly incoherent as the time ticks along, but we have fun.
0: Yeah, I mean, (laughs) we will probably get pretty, pretty snockered, but I am excited about the whiskey choices that we have because... At least for me, anyway, through the year, as I've found stuff that is either rare or super expensive, I've kind of squirreled it away waiting for New Year's. So I think that'll be some prime whiskey on the weekends episodes. Uh, French whiskey is out this year, right? No French whiskey. Oh, Oh, thank God. God. (laughs) 150 proof monster that BJ
1: brought last time. (laughs) Yeah, it was just a certain point of where a lot of people were drunk, but BJ was just gone for like four hours, and all of us were concerned and wasn't sure where he was anymore. Yeah,
0: PSA to everybody, don't drink 150-proof anything.
1: Mm -mm, mm Mm-mm, mm-mm. Not straight, anyway. There is a period in college of where that is communally acceptable, but after you've left that age group, just don't anymore. Your health can't take it.
0: I think on that podcast I I posited that that was the French just fucking with us like oh all the Ameri- if we we say it's whiskey the Americans will drink it let's make it as concentrated as possible.
1: Yeah, you didn't notice on the bottom of the bottle it said for export only.
0: <laughs> yeah, so look for that. That's going to be a lot of fun. Um I think those will be some good episodes. But anyway, let's get back to the matter at hand. Season 2 episode 3 Hunting We're going to do the recap, we'll do Spencer's relationship advice of the episode, which should be interesting in this episode, Roy of the episode, which I am almost at a loss for, and Roman line of the episode. We got a plan. All right, we start with Greg. Greg, Greg, what are you doing, Greg?
1: Why? Why? Would he ever think this was a good idea?
0: We have been singing Greg's praises the past few episodes, but this is clearly an unforced error. Greg is talking with Logan's would-be biographer... Greg clarifies that this is a precursor to see if I might be willing to meet. So he's, he's sitting in a coffee shop with someone who's taking notes as he's talking and he's just telling her over and over again it's not a meeting. Greg, it's a meeting.
1: Yeah, yeah. The moment you've actually traveled to be with that person and are talking to them in person, you have reached the meeting stage, whatever you want to call it. She's going to write down what she hears and you does to he you goes. Wanna,
0: you want to know what a pre-meeting is? It's the email that you sent saying yeah. that you would meet with her.
1: <laughs> yeah, we, we, we talk about Greg being smart being capable of a lot of potential but this is just again a reminder that he is still very new to this game and very
0: very innocent as to how it's played absolute unforced error Uh, Greg, at one point during this exchange, explains that he's a, quote, time-pressed executive, Uh (laughs) which made me giggle. Uh, He doesn't know if he can eke out time on his calendar to actually meet. But nonetheless, Greg says he does (laughs) think he has some wisdom to impart. Uh, Greg then, getting a little loose, says he doesn't want to make Logan mad because he can be, quote, scary, vindictive, paranoid, violent. She starts immediately writing this down. Of course. (laughs) Greg tells her she can't write it down. She explains that if you want to talk to a reporter on background have to say that first spencer kind of the number one rule of talking on background right yeah
1: clarify that from the very start otherwise it is all a live recording
0: she then asked greg if he wants to tell his version of what happened at what's happening at waystar um and if he's or if he's happy having other people tell it for him pretty pretty effective sort of you know uh, argument there for greg to talk at this point, it seems to just the light bulb seems to go off, and Greg seems to know he's massively fucked up. He gets flustered and leaves. Um, Greg, my favorite character, the guy I'm rooting for, not a good look here.
1: No, no. Th- this seems like a certain degree of ego drove this. That Greg is, you know, a bit of nouveau rich, starting to think grand thoughts about himself, and so and felt felt in some ways entitled to go speak to a biographer about Logan, and all that is really dumb, but. Hey, every character on this show is human and has their faults, and it's useful for us to remember that
0: Greg is a deeply flawed person too. And I'll remind the uh, <clears throat> I'll remind the audience every episode. I think I could handle Logan well. I would have known two seconds after thinking about it that Logan would not want any biographer writing a book about him.
1: No, no. I mean. You being a very intelligent person who's capable of backstabbing with the best of them, you, you, I'm sure what you would have done was see that the reporter reached out to you and immediately forward it to Logan personally. Yep. yep. That's the positive play.
0: Go right to him. Um, and then maybe even try to do a little Kindle and smoke out who's actually talking.
1: Yeah, volunteer to do that to Logan. Coordinate it with Logan. Be Logan's guy on this issue. That's how you succeed in all of this.
0: Yeah, what I'll do, Logan, is I'll feed her bullshit... <laughs> yeah, And uh, then uh, maybe I can get, get some trust. But anyway, that's Greg's mistake. And then we cut to the opening credits.
1: Which, uh, did you write down what was on the ticker this time? No, did you? I did. Yes, tell me. Uh, Senator wants Supremer court. And, <laughs> it, and my favorite is Sweet Cheek's hate speech now. <laughs> this shows the best. It is.
0: Uh, we have to have that be a running segment. We have to oh, yeah. always look at that. What's on the ticker? Uh, at Raystar, Logan is getting checked out by a doctor. Logan, not a great patient. Mm-mm. <laughs> the doctor asks Logan if he's been paranoid lately, and that gets uh, the the house words thrown at him. Fuck off! Logan <laughs> explains that people are going after him, so he's not paranoid. He's just justifiably concerned. Mm-hmm. The doctor then asks Logan if he can take some downtime, maybe not attend the corporate retreat. Logan. Let's we'll let them do it without me while the cat's away. I don't fucking think so. Uh, Jamie comes in and Logan asks where they're at. Jamie says they may be at a maybe. <laughs> Presumably this is about buying Pierce.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I like how he frames it too. It's what, two things I like about this. One, that Logan apparently does not hire a, t- a toady for a doctor. This doctor's willing to provide him good advice and criticize his decisions, which is surprising to have those kind of people around Logan every now and then. Otherwise, uh, in terms of his banker, his opening line of I've burned villages and overthrown governments on your behalf And I believe with the right offer correctly couched uh, We could be at a maybe It's just such a wonderful way to frame the nature of Logan And what you do for him
0: Yeah, and on the doctor front I would posit that he didn't always have An actual, legit, critical doctor Who's going to give him honest advice But I would say the, the aneurysm probably uh, Sparked that, right?
1: And probably Marsha just finally laying down the line with him.
0: Oh, that's true. Yeah, Marsha probably had a hand in that. Uh, Cut to a room with... Oh, actually, let's back up. Uh, When they said corporate retreat here, Mm -hmm. uh, Spencer, when you hear the phrase corporate retreat, what do you think?
1: Uh, A, forgive me, firm, I love you, but I'm just going to say this, uh, a very boring series of leadership meetings which are designed to offer apparently some degree of boost to morale and setting the tone and tenor and plan for the coming year.
0: Yeah. So that's the interesting thing. So if I hear retreat at my company, what I think is, well, we're going to be in a different room <laughs> and there's going to be box lunches, and we're going to, HR is going to talk us through strategic planning and it's going to be 90% of waste. Um, when I hear corporate retreat through the lens of Waystar, I'm like, oh, that's going to be baller.
1: <laughs> right? <laughs> Now, our corporate retreats are typically in a different city, but it's typically a city where we have an office, and it's just an excuse for all the attorneys to cluster in a single location. It's not like, we're going to Hungary.
0: Ours is so pathetic, Spencer. It literally is, we're having a retreat today. That means we're going to this other conference.
1: <laughs>
0: is it a good box lunch?
1: <laughs> no, it's always like a shit sandwich. Oh god. You, okay, you guys need to do this better. You're a very, very large, impressive company. This, yeah, this needs to be a more impressive event.
0: Oh, our retreats are terrible but i am I, I remember watching this episode the first time i was super excited to like see what a retreat looks like for this company and it does not disappoint.
1: Mhm. Uh well, it does not disappoint in terms of the visuals, but i don't think i'd be very comfortable being there based on what we saw.
0: Oh, not me, man. I would absolutely want to be there.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, we're gonna, we're going to get to a, we're going to get to you in a room with what the other characters is going through and i'm going to love to hear how you would have worked your way out of it.
0: Yep, yep, I'll have an answer for you. Cut to a room with what looks like Logan's direct reports. Logan asks what's going on. Roman says that they're taking five to regroup. Logan, I've got two banks, 50 lawyers, two PR agencies, DF kings, and an army of private dicks trying to fight this takeover. But take five to eat my pastries, why don't you? Carl immediately puts down a pastry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jerry kind of gets him back on track. Says that they were a bit of an impasse. Um, quote, there were some doubts as to if an acquisition is really what we need right now. Logan, uh-huh. It is the bigger the better, and I have it. We're going for PGN, Pierce. So this seems to be the first time this room hears about that.
1: It is, and it's weird that this is kind of the first time hearing it because it seems like they have an inkling that he's interested in an acquisition of some kind. They may have been still thinking he's just acquiring, you know, lo- local news stations. But Pierce rattles the room, of where all they can really just do is just stutter out, uh, "Um, great, yeah, mm-hmm." We're 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 down with that plan, Tom.
0: That's chunky. Yeah, it's a word. What a suck up.
1: (laughs) I I like that Logan kind of seizes on that. Yep, nice and chunky.
0: Yep, and Jerry says uh, 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 again. Oh, okay. Uh, Again, so that's the first indication we have that Jerry or that that Logan has tried this before. Yeah, and he's gone after Pierce before.
1: And she goes into it. She she. She, as Jerry loves to play both sides, it's how she survived so long. But she yep. frames it as, "Well, that's a that's an interesting move." But let me tell you why it was a problem last time, just to remind the room.
0: Yeah, last time we tried this, PG and surrogates called us cultural vandals and poison <laughs> in the well of public discourse. That Logan? is that. Well, times have changed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is that Nobel Prize writing talking right there.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think times have changed, Logan. Mm. Jamie starts to speak, and Jerry fires off what? Some of the young cousins want yacht money? (laughs) I love when Jerry gets mad at somebody. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jamie ignores that, says it's a delicate situation, quote, like French kissing an armadillo.
1: I've never pondered that description before. I don't really know what that would be like, but I agree that delicate seems to come to mind.
0: Jamie does have that sort of flourishing language. um, He does. Which we see... uh, throughout multiple episodes. Kendall says he likes it. Roman calls him a suck-up. Logan asks what Roman thinks. He says he loves it, but that's his honest opinion.
1: One of Uh, of his great lines of the episode, and Roman's got a few this time around.
0: (laughs) uh, Yeah, Logan asks if everyone likes the plan. Um, I don't think he's really inviting an open discourse here, and he Mm. and Jamie leave.
1: Logan wants just soldiers in line. He doesn't actually want somebody to respond and, you know do the positives and negatives of this with him he wants people to bow their heads and accept his will
0: yep that's exactly what he wants uh a guy i'm not sure we've seen before ray uh genuinely asks why logan keeps going back to buying pierce he seems to really want an answer and Kendall offers up a cogent reason which is that it's a force multiplier plus pgn is easy for them to fold in because they are already in the news business roman yeah 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 it's because uncle ewan watches it it's his favorite news so dad wants to buy it to piss him off Good line from Carl here. What, for 20000000000 billion? Can't he just take the batteries out of his remote? (laughs) Watch yourself, Carl. Watch yourself. Mm, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Roman also says that Pierce owns the New York Mail, and they hate the mail. Jerry, quote, Logan loaned a number of ancient Greek military artifacts to the Getty Villa and held a drink reception. The Mail did a hit piece. They said he served warm white wine, and that he thought Plato was one of the Marx Brothers. Oh. If that's true, oh, my God, I, the, the guts to put that in print about Logan. Carl comments that to avenge that four inches of newsprint, they're now rolling the dice on a $20 billion acquisition. Kendall jumping in here. Hey, if there are doubts, let's hear them. Let's talk about it. Start to display the other side. Says if they debt spiral, they'd all go down with the ship. Roman, what are you saying, Ken? No one in the room trusts Kendall here. And then they all end up with a very lukewarm, yeah, it's exciting. I'm happy. Yeah, let's do it. Tom. Then Kendall says, (laughs) good exchange here. Kendall says, let's bag this elephant for dad. Roman, yeah, let's do it. Tom, yeah, let's bone this turkey. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Tom. (laughs) Between Chunky and Bone This Turkey, Tom's winning the room right now. So a couple takeaways for me in this scene is that people are shocked that at this time during a potential takeover, Logan wants to go back to this idea of buying Pierce, which hasn't worked before. Kendall clearly is on Team Logan. He's just doing some fact-finding here. And no one seems willing to talk honestly with Kendall.
1: Yeah. It seems like only Roman's slow in the uptake as to where Kendall's at right now. Of where everyone else, Carl and Jerry particularly, uh, Roy, Ray, Roy, what the name, or the name of the new guy is. Ray. Ray. Uh, immediately look, listen to Kendall's comments and goes, okay, he has adopted the role of Logan's enforcer and I'm understanding and acting in that regard going forward. Yeah, Jerry picks up on it immediately. Oh,
0: no, nonetheless, I think it's very exciting.
1: Yeah. You can always count on Jerry to read the tea leaves in a heartbeat, and she does very accurately here. Uh, Do we think they're right as for uh, Logan's motivations for doing this?
0: I think it's probably multifaceted, right? I think some yeah. of that probably plays into it. There's this legacy desire to own this thing, but I do think he also is just looking for a way out of this takeover. Um, and he seems, and this is the next scene we're going to get into. He does seem to think that this will this will kill the takeover. Yeah. So it's kind of two birds situation.
1: I'll throw a third one too. In terms of, I don't think it's just jilted pride that wants him to take over this company. I think he truly wants to be the sole force, sole voice in news. And if he's able to successfully take these guys over, there's not many other people left, as Shiv's going to point out in a scene coming up.
0: Yeah, which is pretty terrifying. Yeah, it is. But that's Logan's goal. Cut back to Logan's office with Jamie, Kendall, Roman, and Logan. Jamie points out that the tough part is contact with the Pierce family. Jamie says they need someone who can be delicate in dealing with them. Logan, who's our most pointy-headed fuck? (laughs) Jamie says Logan used to have one heavyweight that Pierce liked. Old Boar Vidal. <laughs> Jamie really can turn a phrase well. Yeah, I have no doubt that Jamie gave him that nickname. Logan. Oh yeah, they all love fucking Shakespeare, Frank. Roman. Uh what? Fucking Frank? Oh, dad. No. <laughs> the the depth of hatred that Roman has for Frank knows no limits. Yeah, and it leads him to stick his foot firmly in his mouth before the scene's over. Yeah, Jamie points out that Frank is close with multiple people in the Pierce family. Logan asks Kendall if he thinks Frank would come back. Kendall, yeah, maybe. He's power-hungry and status-obsessed and, you know. Uh, avaricious. Roman. Pretty much your godfather and your closest friend. This is fucking bullshit. Jesus Christ. Oh, fuck. I swear to God, Dad, if you bring him back, I am walking. <laughs> back to my office to sulk. fuck. <laughs> It, I, I
1: love the transition of, he says that, and Logan just gives him a look, and you can just watch Roman curdle it on himself.
0: Back to my yeah, office to yeah. sulk. Fuck. And then Logan, <laughs> fine. I don't fucking care. Just tells I don't care what you do. Uh, Logan says Frank will be the guest of honor at the retreat. Kendall asks if Logan still wants to do the corporate retreat, and Logan says he does. It's a morale booster. Where is it? Kendall. Hungry. Logan. Eh, still. <laughs> Did Logan, like, forget where the corporate retreat was right then? He may have never known. I think that's just the thing. He probably told Jerry, like, hey, just, just do the retreat. And yeah, then just so, didn't think about it.
1: Yeah, somewhere in Europe where I can shoot something.
0: Yeah, pretty much. They break, and Jerry tells Logan they have an issue with Connor.
1: Oh. <laughs> yeah, Yeah, that's going to be a focus.
0: Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Cut to a batshit video of Connor in his kitchen. I'm going to give you just a snippet of the nonsense he's saying. I ranch, I ride, I earn, and I give, just like you. But ding dong, who's there? Uncle Sam. And where's his hands? In my pants. This is something he's saying to announce his candidacy for President of the United States.
1: Yep. And what looks like somebody filmed it on, I mean, they're watching it on a phone, but it looks like he filmed it on a phone.
0: Yeah, I don't think it can. I didn't think it could get worse than riding an escalator down, as a sort of like (laughs) descending from the heavens. But this is worse than that. Definitely worse.
1: This is worse than that for so many reasons. I mean, now I'm worried that his masturbation thing is actually going to be part of his references. It seems like he's moving it to a kind of a metaphorical state in terms of Uncle Sam's hand down your pants. But it, oh man, it just gets worse from here in terms of him basically just announcing, "Hi, I'm going to basically." commit a felony with respect to tax evasion and i'm going to make that my campaign point
0: point. and that's that's interesting so back to the masturbation point so weirdly enough in one of the previous episodes connor said that one of the biggest problems we have in america is masturbation so uh,
1: onanism to use the exact word he is onanism
0: uh so god knows where his head's at pan out from the video and it's actually tabitha one of my favorite characters watching it on an ipad and roman is just getting home Tav explains that Connor is beta testing the video before he Instagrams and enters the idea primary. <laughs> no, here's the thing: the ideas primary, they actually say that. They do. That's a, that's a phrase. That's a phrase that people in political circles actually say. Yes, it's <laughs> fucking ridiculous. And actually, you would have heard it um, probably about a year ago, it uh, through the context of Andrew Yang. Gotcha that he, he basically, he's not really serious about running for president. He's just throwing some ideas out there. And they call that the
1: ideas primary? Yes. They need to stop calling it that. That's a really douchey way to refer to
0: anything. Oh, it certainly is. It's awful. Roman is an interesting talk about Connor? Um Connor's video continues with him saying he wants a flat tax, which should be <laughs> headed down to zero in about a decade, which prompts a laughter from Tabitha. This idea, that, okay, no tax? Okay, so no government? Connor, what are you talking about here? Um, and then he says He's not going to pay tax mm-hmm. uh, You want to arrest me Arrest me He puts his, his wrist up To the camera for effect She asks if Connor. She being Tabitha asks Roman If Connor actually knows What jail is And Roman says He <laughs> literally only knows It from Monopoly <laughs> Good uh, line Good line <laughs> uh, Roman tells Tab That uh, Logan wants to buy PGN Tab immediately questions If that's allowed Because PGN is like Actual news She says her parents watch it <laughs> Roman asks Tab <laughs> If she knows Naomi Pierce <laughs> which she does, Roman apparently wants to use Naomi to broker the deal. Mm. I land the deal, I kill Kendall, I crown the king. If that happens in Hamlet. (laughs) I I don't care.
1: (laughs) Uh, Okay. Roman seems to really enjoy surprise gifts, and he needs to get off that, because none of them work out well.
0: No. Logan does not want a surprise gift.
1: Logan does not want a surprise gift, and just think back to your last surprise gift with Shiv and people losing thumbs. Just stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Start, roll up a newspaper and start whacking him on the nose when he starts having these ideas.
0: Yeah, I didn't, I didn't hit that Roman quote correctly, so I want to go back to it. I land the deal, I kill Kendall, crown the king. Just like in Hamlet. If that happens in Hamlet. I don't care. Tabs, just like in Hamlet. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all like in Hamlet, but good, good talk, y'all. Yeah, potential line of the episode there. Pretty oh, good. yeah. Roman then offhandedly says, well, how do you know Naomi anyway? And Tab looks away. Ew, you fucked her. Is there anybody you haven't fucked? Tab. You. <laughs> okay, eventually at some point
1: we're going to need to understand how, how uh, Roman <laughs> runs because we've been getting a lot of evidence that is just confusing.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, well.
1: is, he, is he just straight asexual? Is there a kink that no one can satisfy? We don't know. We've only seen him once seemingly have any degree of sexual relations with a girlfriend when it was with his prior one whose name escapes me. Do you remember, Buffhand?
0: No. Uh, she liked the turkey movie, though.
1: She liked the turkey movie And that was a problem And they liked a certain degree Of a cuckold scenario So maybe that's his kink That's just difficult to satisfy But it's increasingly Become a thing Between him and these Beautiful women That he hangs out with That he's not into that Key part of most relationships
0: Yeah You might get an answer <laughs> You and your taunts I'll be curious You might get an answer This season Cut to Shib And Logan uh, is calling her Shib picks up the phone Dad Finally Not a good start No Logan wants to know if she's enjoying her downtime. She does not seem to be. She asks about Pierce. Logan says that's not to be spoken of. Um, Shib says she should be involved. (laughs) Shib says she should be involved in the corporate (laughs) retreat. Uh, Logan instead wants her to go deal with Connor. Very cryptic quote here from Logan. I don't know if you caught it. You don't go shouting about texts, we have arrangements.
1: That was a really interesting quote. Yeah, I don't know what the hell that is. Uh, I mean, have they brokered some deal essentially with the IRS with respect to their, tra- their tax treatment? I, mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how to, I don't know how to unpack it, but I would love to find out more.
0: There's definitely an implication there that there's something going on. It's not like I, I don't think he's saying we have arrangements. Meaning, I, I've got an accountant who pays taxes. No, don't no, you know, like <laughs> that, this sounds much bigger than that. Yeah, Shiv asked Tom, um, "What the fuck is going on?" Ask him if he knows about Pierce. Tom says, yeah, I was in the room. How do you know about Pierce? Ship says it's a disaster. Tom says he kind of likes the idea. Quote, I think it could be good. Dick over Pierce. Dick over Sandy and Stewie. Double our size. No one is going to want to tackle a big, angry pufferfish with bristling with dick. (laughs) Tom and the sex references, they never stop. Yeah, he he does kind of keep it on his mind. Uh, Mm. Ship says it's an obsession, meaning Logan is obsessed with buying Pierce um she again says it's a disaster tom says why she says we already do news tom says we already do news it's just more news Mm. from shib good quote here yeah but if we do own all the news i wonder where i'll get my fucking news because at some point someone needs to actually keep track of what's going on in the world who went where and who wore a hat tom i think it's going to be a separate brand we're going to keep the truthy oatmeal branding yeah but the american public is not in great shape What, you've got the Times, the Post, editors of Pierce, and a couple hundred angry young women on Twitter, and that's about it. Woo! Social commentary much? Yeah, and, you know, credit to Shiv. She actually apparently
1: apparently has values that I didn't think she had. Well, she is in Democratic politics. She is, though we thought it was purely... I previously thought it was mostly just for the sake of gaining power and prestige, but it seems like she actually holds some views and is willing to a certain degree to fight her dad about them.
0: Yeah, and this is an absurd show. It's a funny show. I, I still posit it's a comedy, but I do think this is the writers of the show commenting a little bit on where we're at in 2019.
1: Yeah, yeah. It seems pretty seems pretty pointed in that regard, and, you know, it's useful commentary to have right now.
0: Yep. Uh, Tom asked uh, a ship, well, do you want to be the one to tell Logan that? Uh, ship, Tom, this is fucking serious. It's a snake eating a crocodile. It doesn't work. It's too big. She says they need to stop him, tells Tom to talk to Logan in Hungary. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Spencer
1: uh well uh, two problems with that uh a obviously Tom doesn't want to do it and will find some way to avoid doing it and B. for branch broaching this issue you want Tom to be the one to do it I mean he's got some aspects of him make him likable but uh the whole presenting of ideas thing isn't his strong suit
0: agreed and Tom knows that um Uh, but, but he says he doesn't want to do it
1: yeah And what she says here frames why she wants him to do it, I think.
0: Fucking awful quote here from Shib when Tom says he doesn't want to do it. Uh, Please (laughs) say it. Yeah, hello. Is this the replicate department? My meat puppet has stopped working. Tom hates that. He says, Shib, come on, Shib. She says, I'm joking, but I'm kind of not. (laughs) Lame-ass line coming in three, two, one. People would do well to remember there's going to be a new sheriff in town one day. So, rally the resistance. Deputy.
1: All right. I feel like this scene just embodies all the highs and lows of Shiv just really effect- effectively. That she's smart, she's capable, she actually has independent ideas and a effectively broad perspective that some of her siblings occasionally lack. She's also a piece of shit human being.
0: She fucking sucks. And this, this joke she does about, is this the replicant department? My meat puppet has stopped working. Whew.
1: Yeah. I mean... There was at least before a bit of a polite fiction that this was a, that their relationship was an equal partnership, that they both had ideas and goals that they would both succeed in. And this is her just banishing that entirely. And I, I love how she doesn't even really bother to dial it back. When it obviously, when Tom finds it hurtful, she said, oh, Tom, I'm joking, but I'm also not. It's like she can't even. She doesn't even feel like she has the need to hide it anymore, or offer even the slightest token respect for his feelings.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's a pretty cringy scene, um, but I also think it's just a stupid idea. I mean, what, what's to, to, <laughs> Logan is uh, a twenty minute conversation with Tom away from backing off of this acquisition. Give me a fucking break. <laughs>
1: I don't get the logic of that. It's just you don't want Tom to be the one to do this. I mean, if you legitimately believe on it and you actually want something to change, you go personally and tell him, particularly given what you think is your relationship now.
0: Yep. Cut to everyone arriving at a private plane. Tom, hey, Jerry, what's the idea with Hungary? Jerry, a good quote here. It's a nice place to shoot a gun when nobody cares what you hit. <laughs> Jerry's sassy this episode. Yeah, she is. Kendall's getting a gun out of the back seat of his car. And I was just struck at the difference between flying private and flying commercial. <laughs> he just casually pulls a gun out of his trunk and just carries it on board with him. It's just, it's a mindfuck a little bit.
1: Yeah, I've never flown private before. And, Me uh,. I'm, I'm with Greg here. It seems lovely. You know, environmental responsibility issues, you know, wealth, wealth wasted and all that, but it seems like a delightful way to travel.
0: Yeah, that's on my bucket list. to One day, just for one trip, fly private. I don't know how the hell I'll ever do it, but that's a goal <laughs> of mine. Roman, oh, you brought... <laughs> Good Roman line here. Oh, you brought your own? Super soaker? I got my <clears throat> own. Blazer. I don't want to get into a dick measuring competition, but I have a better, more powerful dick than you, which I'm sure isn't saying much. <laughs>
1: Roman, you exist to permanently be in a dick-measuring contest. That's how you run.
0: Yeah, and I think he's just having a good time. This yeah. is just Roman just kind of fucking around, and oh. Kendall's not even listening to him. Yeah, th- uh,
1: this, this is normal Roman banter, and I think, if anything, he's just put off that Kendall's no longer
0: you know, engaging him about this. An interesting little moment here. Logel says, Kendall, you're with me. I want to hmm. talk timetables. Yeah.
1: There's a, there's a lot of scenes this episode that clearly set up that, from Logan's perspective... Kendall is his right hand man, and yep. if Roman's not getting this, he's even more of an idiot than I thought he was.
0: He doesn't seem to yet. Cut to the cabin, um, uh, with the cabin of the uh, the private plane, and Greg is over the moon. <laughs> he's happy. I can't believe I'm on a private plane. It's like I'm in a band, very white, very wealthy <laughs> band. It's like I'm in you too, <laughs> <laughs> Roman. Well, I hope you like red wine and killing shit. <laughs> That might be Roman line of the episode. That's a solid line right there. Uh, that's a that's a high one for me. Uh, Carolina and Jerry are whispering, and that sets Logan off. <laughs> what the fuck's the whispering? <laughs> oh, oh God, Spencer! The paranoia is there. So that made me laugh so hard. He just flips. The, how the actor acts this, he completely flips out. What the fuck's the whispering? Like he just <laughs> fucking fourteen because people are happen to be whispering around him. I mean, oh, Brian Cox every time. Brian Cox is a wonderful
1: actor who does great in this role. But this episode, he just does so wonderfully at just doing a man that is just
0: wrapped up in his megalomania paranoia. Yeah, he's got to get an Emmy for this or an Emmy nomination for this season. He is so good. Uh, Carolina says she's heard from Logan's biographer, and Logan says he doesn't want it to come out. Jerry says, "Well, it will come out. Um, I can't actually, in this nation yet, uh, sadly, halt the publication of a book." <laughs> Logan. Yeah, we can. <laughs> Logan suggests the biographer uh, get hired as some sort of uh, movie deal uh, with their production company. He says, tooth comb her. You ever heard that expression before? I have not, no. Me neither. And I, I Googled it and couldn't figure anything out.
1: Uh, w- one detail to go back to just while we're talking about Jerry. Uh, did you catch who Shiv's source information about the Pierce deal was? Jerry. It was. And that is interesting because Jerry is working the kids in a, in a way that I hadn't fully got. We'd seen her work, working with Roman. we see it again this episode, but now that she's also an in for Shiv, man, she's good at playing all sides.
0: She is, and what what she's so good at is I think they all think they have a special relationship with her.
1: Yeah, they all see her as the fairy godmother figure, and Logan Caesar is a very loyal drone who's
0: willing to speak truth to power. It's, she is in such a good stead for this company. Logan says, anyone who talks to her will be dead. No one goes sniffing around my fucking panties. (laughs) Thank you for that image, Logan. Uh, Carolina says it sounds like she's already met with somebody close with Logan. Logan, Ken, is it you? (laughs) Kindle, is it me? Come on, Jesus. Logan, it's just historically, when I'm betrayed, it's usually by you. Fair point by Logan, although (laughs) Kindle seems hurt. So Logan offers him a, I'm not even going to say half-hearted, quarter-hearted assurance that he's kidding.
1: Yeah. Which everyone knows is a polite fiction, but it it is a very fair point by Logan here. It's just like, in this room, at this time,
0: well, history suggests. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Carolina says she can get Sam on it, new character. We've not seen him before. Apparently, Sam is their IT guy.
1: Uh, Also, fair point. Logan may also have just been checking, was this part of, you know, Shiv and Stewie, not Shiv, um, but Stewie and, I'm blanking on the name of his rival. What's the name? Sandy. Sandy. Uh, was this just part of the plan that you, Stu, uh, you, Stewie, and Sandy had to talk to the biographer? So it's a fair it's a fair ask by Logan.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Logan, fuck rats, rats. He's just freaking out in yeah. his seat. Uh, Kendall approaches Greg in the hallway. Kendall's house some red wine. Um, I would I really am fascinated by how much this wine cost. I, I every time I see <laughs> wine on this on the screen, I'm like, with this family, that could be a glass of wine that retails for three hundred dollars
1: who even the hell knows it's just categories of wine that i don't even look at so i can't even imagine what they have going on their private plane they're using to fly across the atlantic right now
0: yeah um greg asked what's going on kendall says someone is trying to write logan's biography explains that logan is not a fan uh kendall says it sounds like somebody talked from kendall so yeah if someone talked inner circle sam over there uh smoke them out and uh dad's gonna chop them up and throw them in the Danube Greg (laughs) Blue Danube but no more (laughs) (laughs) thank you Greg that's a wonderful commentary you know what the uh, reference is there love the song Blue Danube there you go Uh, the clan arrives and the motorcade is on its way to the castle they are staying at they're staying at a fucking castle this is the corporate retreat Mm -hmm. that's how you do it RTI (laughs) take notes also shoot boars apparently Logan gets out asks Jamie if they can start pushing on Pierce uh jamie says that would be pushy (laughs) he's always gets these little weird Mm -hmm. non-answers jamie seems to think they should go slow logan walks in and sees a group of folks who are already there which includes jerry logan says the trip is good for morale logan to jerry how's your morale jerry great we're very happy (laughs) (laughs) good answer fucking hostage video jerry there Mm -hmm. Uh, logan says he wants his top minds on pierce he's gonna need some meat in the sandwich no idea what that means Uh, Logan walks off. The group is left there speechless. Upstairs, Kendall gets Logan a cup of tea or coffee or whatever, and in walks Frank. Logan, Frank, come here, you old bastard. Come on. Logan asks Kendall for the thing. Frank opens a box, and it looks to be a watch. But Logan wants him to look at the back. Um, Some work of noble note may yet be done. Was engraved uh, in the watch. And Frank, by memory, goes on um, to finish the line. Not unbecoming men who strove with gods. Mm-hmm.
1: Of course, uh, I'm not at all surprised that, Fra- that Frank knows Tennyson.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I also think that this was Kindle picked the
1: quote. Yeah, that's a that's a re- that's a fair call. There's no way Logan picked the quote. I can't imagine that Logan gives a damn about what Ulysses said, what's written in Ulysses. But Kindle would know that Frank would appreciate that. I mean, we saw. Uh, Logan's very flippant comment. Oh, Shakespeare, Frank. It's like, he clearly is not that. That's not his area of culture. He'd much prefer a burger, fries in the game,
0: right? And also, Logan seems a little bit annoyed that Frank finished the quote. He kind of gives him a look like you fucking pretentious asshole. <laughs> of course, you did that. Logan tells Frank that Stewie and Sandy have his nuts in a vise, but Frank has the grease to slip them out. Ugh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> even
1: Frank can't say, "Oh, that's just truly revolting image." <laughs>
0: Yeah, Kendall greets Frank. Logan glares at Roman. Frank, it's not been the same without you. It's been better. <laughs> I'm fucking with you. I'm kidding, sir. Yeah. <laughs> and he only he only backtracks on that because Logan is glaring at him.
1: Oh, yeah. Ha- truly hostile look at Roman like that. He said, you will, put on, you will put on images right now, sir.
0: A guy walks in and says it's time for their safety briefing. Logan, safety briefing? Here's a safety briefing. If you move against me... I'll put a hole through the back of your fucking head. Woo.
1: And fair. As we see over the course of this episode, that is the ultimate safety
0: briefing you need to have. Uh, Cut to Shib arriving at Connor's and she's got a bottle of wine. Connor, what's that? Shib, uh, I don't know. Connor, okay. And he just sets it down. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Shib comes in and to a room and points out and Connor points out his political advisors. Shib says, those guys are serious and they're pieces of shit. Mm-hmm. Did you know what she meant when she said that?
1: Uh, you know, what? How did you interpret it? I, I, I seriously, figured that they're they're capable at this game, but pieces of shit. I figured that either they're incredibly mercenary, or well, mercenary in the sense that they'll buy on any cause and also sell out any cause.
0: I took it to mean what I think it actually means. After you know, we we get the rest of the scene, which is they're expensive but bad at their job. Okay, that's fair too. Um, Connor is blending something and Jim asks, what's in the smoothie. Connor says, burgundy. Connor, I hyper decant. You don't hyper decant. You're just doing regular decanting. <laughs> so this gives us yet another moment where Connor, uh, please forgive me, BJ. Um, Connor as BJ kind of comes up a few times. The first time we had it, um, was, uh, at Tom's bachelor party when Connor wasn't properly prepared. Uh, for what was going to ha- be happening uh i think this is uh something we could see our friend bj doing and correct me if i'm wrong about hyper
1: decanting because i i'm vaguely familiar with this but is that basically the idea that i'm going to aerate this by
0: even like putting it in a friggin' blender to aerate it kind of thing yeah i think that's about it actually i'm going to take that back so our friend bj you know him from other pods mangan reads whiskey the weekends he either would like this or he would loathe this.
1: I can. Here's here's why it's a very BJ kind of line and scene. BJ would have a very strong opinion on this subject in a way mm-hmm. that none of us would care about.
0: Right, as opposed to someone like you who would just go, "You put your wine in a blender." Eh, okay, all right. Well, I'll
1: try that. <laughs> I taste no
0: difference, but here you go. <laughs> all right, nice. Uh, makes you happy. Yeah. Uh, should have asked Connor what they do. Do you know what they do to people in jail? Connor says, "Give some, flip it." response about letting them out early to avoid litigation
1: which sure. I don't think that makes any sense <laughs> now it, it, it's not like an after the fact kind of thing you either negotiate a good deal up front or you're there they, you, you don't sue the government to get you out mute normally
0: no that, that's kind of a nonsensical thing he said ship continues to make appeals to Connor to cut the shit video mm-hmm. uh, but he isn't hearing it in comes Wyla um, should ask him again not to release the video that the family is worried that it may embarrass him it may embarrass the family Connor asks if this is coming from Dab. Shib says yes. Connor, he's trying to stop me. Tell him to get in line behind Bezos and the Clintons. Oof. Self-importance here.
1: Yeah, this guy... We knew Connor had an ego, but now that he actually has aspirations for how to express it, it is an impressive thing to say.
0: Connor says he'd like to make an indecent proposal. Shib just giggles and says... <laughs> You haven't seen that movie. And Wallace says, oh, yeah, he has. It's his favorite movie. Oof. It's just, if, he,
1: if it is indeed his favorite movie, again, things you don't say to your sister.
0: Yeah. What is it with this family like hitting on their sister?
1: It's like, fair question. You Have you seen the movie Indecent Proposal?
0: Yes. Again, line you don't say to your sister to reference that movie. No, not at all. <laughs> Especially if it's your favorite movie. Oh, so yeah. weird. Uh, Connor then thinks he's doing a very nice thing but it's actually preposterous. She offers, he offers Shiv the job to run his campaign.
1: Well, and Shiv offers like 12 different ways to say no in
0: response to that question. Oh yeah. She doesn't take it seriously, Uh, which I wouldn't either, but uh, Shiv then goes back to the video and she says, Connor, the video is batshit. Connor says he'll consider it. And then he leaves, Uh, literally says to his team on the way out, guys, I need five and then we'll shoot the shit. Mm-hmm. shoot the shit that's what you want to hear from your candidate of course yeah. Shib asks Waila what she thinks of all this and she demurs Waila says she's going to have drinks with her cast and Shib sort of forces her way into an invitation flippantly says she wants an audience with the future first lady
1: <laughs> yeah and it's a clever end it reminds me of like when Roman went out with the vaulter employees to try to get try to get information an in, end into the uh, hidden access so you know good on Shib to con- try to
0: complete a review given that uh, Connor offered a brick wall in response completely agree cut to hungry and Tom and Greg are walking through a field on their boar hunt. Tom, this is nice. A nice bit of war-torn, spooky, anti-Semitic, empire authoritarian uh, uh, Europe. <laughs> I actually even said vampire Oh, vampire not empire Yeah. Ah, that's even better. Tom says it's good to see Greg. Uh, apparently he's not been spending much time with him lately. Greg has been spending time with Kendall, which makes sense because he's renting out Kendall's apartment. That like, We last saw them having a party together. Mm-hmm um greg asked tom uh if they can talk on the friend level um tom yes are you worried about what you did in cruises like <laughs> what we did no <laughs> <laughs> it,
1: it, it's interesting to see how their relationship has evolved because particularly season one tom could not complete a sentence to greg without insulting him or, de- or demeaning him or belittling him this feels like much more normal friend kind of banter now at this point they have a reached what I would twistedly perversely call a better place.
0: Yeah, they have. Uh Greg wants to know about the Sam guy who's apparently called Ratfucker Sam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh Tom explains that Ratfucker Sam is a piece of shit, mentions that he did a background check on him before he started dating Shib, which I'm not surprised with this family. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, any good IT guy is kind of a piece of shit though, right?
1: it's kind of the nature of their job for this kind of thing. It's like when Greg asked him, well, is he a nice guy? It's like, no, we call him rat fucker. Sam. It's kind of in the title.
0: Yeah, no, he's, he's a piece of shit. We hire uh, Greg, him to be a piece of shit. Greg, we've been through a good bit, right? Can I trust you? Tom, of course you can trust me to a point. <laughs> Important coda there. Greg then asks how likely it is that Ratfucker Sam will be able to figure out who talked to the biographer if they did so through a private email account. Tom immediately gets the seriousness of the situation. Tom actually gives Greg good advice here. Yeah. Put and it's, that. In, go ahead. Yeah, no, please finish. Put that in the locker. Don't tell anyone. And pray you can trust me because you just handed me a valuable piece of capital. Greg, buddy, trust no one, ever. It, it is a
1: series of good advice, upon good advice. I mean, good advice A, don't come forward with this right now, because nothing good can happen from that. He'll literally murder you. And also, here's advice going forward. This is the kind of thing you just live and die with yourself. I appreciate you told me, but I could now use this now if I was that kind of piece of shit. It, it is an interesting response from Tom, too, because I, I mean, it's always iffy with Tom whether he understands this or not, but even giving that advice to Greg makes him complicit in it. And I'm curious whether he realizes that or not.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I, I, what, what what really got me in this scene is just the world they live in. Mm-hmm. Because I, there's been many times where I've just confided in you and been like, Spencer, I just have to tell you something. I have to tell somebody. And it's something I really don't want anybody else to know, but I feel totally comfortable telling you. Sure. I think most people have friends that they can do that with. I think in this family... There's an assumption that you just simply cannot have that type of relationship with anybody, not not even not you not even just your friends, but maybe not even your spouse. No, and particularly Tom knows that with Shiv because I imagine he's lo- known for a very
1: long time that anything he tells her is that planted across the world in a matter oh, of heartbeats. Yeah. He but he can it, trust Greg more than her. It, it's a it's a very it's a very tragic and almost nightmarish kind of relationship that they have, where as you said. For each one of them, it's just a constant series of backstabbing and one-upmanship. There is no level of trust that they would have with just a fellow human being. and Nope. Except, except, as we see before this episode plays out, maybe between these two characters right right here, right now.
0: Yeah. Cut back to piece of shit, Shib, and she's at a bar trying to convince Wyla to get Connor to not release the video. Wyla says she thought the video looked okay. Yikes. Um, Shib asks if Wyla and Connor are okay. She, Wylah explains their relationship this way. They support each other's dreams. He wants the White House and I want Broadway. Shib gamely points out that the guys Connor has hired will bleed him dry. And how much does your play cost again? Hmm. Yeah. Nice that, little one there. that one yeah. works. That uh, one works. And not just that. Wyla, what's your salary? <laughs> <laughs> Some dude shows up and Shib is immediately oh. taken with him. Oh my <laughs> gosh. It happens right away
1: you know i actually just when you said that i just completely forgot for a moment that she's still getting paid hourly probably <laughs> okay sorry forgot that entirely for a
0: second oh you didn't know what i meant by salary
1: <laughs> i was like oh well i guess she's taking a big salary for the play one two three oh right yeah she's a prostitute gotcha
0: uh we see shib texting tom pushing him to talk to logan cut back to hungary and kendall is wearing a very ridiculous hat and comes up to roman Mm-hmm. They both clearly fucking hate hunting. <laughs> Very They're much not so, yeah. enjoying this. Uh, Kendall asked if Roman got a call from the biography. Uh, biographer Roman says, obviously I did. Uh, did you? And Kendall says, yes. Roman asks if Kendall is thinking of talking. And Kendall says he doesn't know. Hmm. Sure. Roman gets a call and is super fucking weird about it. He could mm. not have been more awkward Kindle stands there and listens and takes note. Roman says uh, some very weird things here, like, let's stay across that. Thank you for the information. Thank you for letting me know. Bye.
1: Mm-hmm. This is a clear scene of where we still, Roman still does not get what role Kindle has adopted now. He still doesn't seem to understand that Kindle is very purposely pumping him for information and trying to find weakness. And I guess that's just immaturity on Roman's part, that apparently he just doesn't see where Kindle has gone.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, Kendall uh, really pushes him there. Says, "Who was that? Like you? I know you're lying. Like I, you're not telling me who it is." Roman is just demurring. He's not answering the question. Finally, they get cut off by the hunter, who says they are ready to do the drive now. Mm. Roman, come on, let's go murder a terrified mammal. <laughs> a good line, Tom. Okay, we're such shitty hunters. It's like shooting fish in a barrel. Might as well throw a grenade at the pigs. <laughs> yeah, this is rich people hunting right here. Yeah, do you know what they're doing here?
1: Uh, they're essentially, I mean, is it to the point of when the boars are actually in a pen that they're driving out? Or have they essentially just arranged for dogs to get a horde
0: of wild boars and then they're forcing them forward? How How prepared is this? It's so likely what they have here is a, a gated area where they have a certain number of boards that they have put into that gated area. Mm-hmm. They've opened the gated area on both sides. One side, the dogs come in. They probably haven't fed the dog in a couple day or two. Yeah. Uh, the other side opens out into that little crosswalk that they have where there. everybody can just kind of shoot down. Now, what got me here is that they don't seem high enough to avoid potential safety issues like you need to if you're doing this and like you i'm shooting at, the, at a, um, a road that's in front of me and you are across from me shooting at the same road we need to be really really high up so there's no way i could you know the angle would be such that it would get to you i, I thought they were a little low but that's uh I thought, there.
1: I thought they were very low, and I thought it was very dangerous to even have the crossfire. That if you were to do this safely, you'd have them just on one side with everyone shooting in the same direction, away from the people that just released the boars. Away from the dogs that just released the boars, that are chasing the boars. Like, this is almost like it's intended to, to, to shoot somebody, or at least, you know, add the flavor of that kind of danger of mortal injury.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I, I thought this was not, did not look to be the safest a uh, fucking way to be doing this. Um, cut to them taking pictures with the dead boars. Tom then approaches Carl and Carl calls over Jerry. Mm-hmm. Carl says they have concerns about Pierce. Tom says, that's smart. Maybe you should bring that up. Um, Jerry says it might be smart for Tom to bring it up. Tom says, well, it might be good from an old trusted associate. Jerry, oh yeah, yeah, that's good. That's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretends to consider it and then says, nah, actually, it's probably best coming from family. Uh, if I'm Tom, I'm pissed here because they are being so damn fake. Um, Tom says Logan once called him the cunt of Monte Cristo. (laughs) Jerry says, oh, that's joshing. That means he likes you. Uh Carl then lays it on very thick. Tom has a great mind and is articulate. Mm -hmm. Tom even takes issue with, I'm articulate? And then suggests they are sending him into a buzzsaw. Jerry then drops the facade, says she's talked to Shib and knows that Shib asked him to do it. Feels Mm -hmm. very, very bad for Tom here because it's yet another example of Shib just completely selling him out. Gets blindsided by his own wife. Uh, Jerry then half-heartedly says, "Well, we'll back you up, sure, sure.
1: Yeah, because you backed up Kendall when it came to the ac- when you came to the acquisition plan or the uh, um, the board plan originally. But it, uh, yeah, like you said, this is very clear that Shiv has now not only set Tom up individually, she's coordinating with others for Tom to be the sacrificial lamb here.
0: Yeah. Um, Logan is walking toward dinner, and Jamie greets him in the hallway says he's received word that the Pierce family now knows Logan is making moves and that it freaked them out and they now need to back off. Logan, this was supposed to be choreographed. That's about as choreographed as a dog getting fucked on roller skates.
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. That, that, that,
0: <laughs> that, I that wouldn't imagine that would be very choreographed. That's not good, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it, it, Logan asked if there was a leak. Jamie says he doesn't know and Logan seems convinced it was someone there. I've got snakes in the fucking basket. Mm -hmm. Logan tells Jamie to get back to the city and find another way. Logan is fired up here. Walks in, fakes happiness. You all having a nice dime on the company dollar? That kind of constant reminder that he's doing you a favor would annoy the fuck out of me.
1: Yeah. Moment Logan walks into this room, we've got the rest of the episode right here. And it is a thing of beauty and horror in equal measure.
0: Absolutely. Uh, He walks up to Jerry. Jerry, you alright? You look tired. Nice thing to say to a woman. Oh, that's... Yeah, that's among the things you should never say to a woman, really. She says she's okay, and Logan gives her homework. But tells her she needs to stay. They need to boost morale. We're heading into a pretty wild scene here, Spencer.
1: Oh, yeah. I like that Jerry's one of the first ones to read, Oh
0: shit, I need to get out of this room. And Logan is going to her first to make sure she stays. Uh, Tom pulls Logan aside. Just a family heads up. I might say something, but not to worry. Uh, just it's it's not real. The, the headline is I'm I'm gonna say something, but d- disregard. I think that people think of me as a kind of leader because there is an issue they wanted raised. But don't you be under the impression that I'm against what I'm going to say. I'm against Pierce. Logan, what? <laughs> I love
1: before he says the word Pierce, Logan is legitimately baffled as to what is happening. He has yeah. no
0: clue what Tom is saying. Absolutely no idea. But the moment he um, says
1: Pierce, Logan yep. is shocked, appalled, and focused in.
0: This little aside makes him more angry, as you pointed out. Logan starts a toast and keeps asking people to drink more. Keep drinking. Keep drinking. Jerry pulls a spencer and puts the hand over her drink. hmm Says, I'm good. Um, I got a story, I think, here about Mussolini oh go oh yeah good one go on uh Mussolini used to do this they say and he would have these big dinners these big fabulous dinners and he would get all of his generals drunk and then they would divulge things like I cheat on my wife or you know I hate my kid or whatever it is and then he and he would drink water the whole time pretending Mm -hmm. to be drinking vodka or whatever
1: Uh,
0: yeah this is uh believe this is Stalin it was was, Stalin okay Stalin um yeah whatever we're one of those bad people and, <laughs> you got options yeah it's and he would a then use fight. that against them and that's how he gained leverage over the folks who ran his military yeah to make sure that there were no like military coups or anything like that and they actually talked about this in the um after the episode uh of this episode that they do on hbo and they said that this was kind of you know logan's tactic here was informed i guess by stalin
1: yeah and stalin was famous for it. I and mean, You've thrown some rager kind of parties over the years But Stalin would go for like 12 hours straight with his generals Just non-stop drinking To the point where none of them could barely even stand um, But he would be perfect and fine And it would convince them A. That he was superhuman And B. He'd get everything he wanted from them While also rendering them to a state That they were entirely subject to his will And as you said This is exactly what Logan's doing here
0: Yep, absolutely uh, Ray tries to leave Logan says, well, where are you going? We're all sticking together. He says, well, I need to pee. And he says, well, you need to pee. Piss in a bucket. We're not leaving. Logan glares at him. Ray, such a beta move, goes to grab the bucket. Jesus Christ, Ray, I'm pulling <laughs> your piss up. Put that bucket down, you disgusting bastard. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Where do we find him? Just being mean. Just, oh, yeah. Just mean. This is psychological horror. I mean, the
1: psycho- psychological manipulation. He wants to render all of these people as unsettled and fearful as possible before he drops the axe.
0: Uh, back to ship at a bar with some dude. Uh, I'm not, yeah. I did not bother to learn his name, and I do not want to know his name. I don't think she either. She did either, honestly. No. He asked if uh, she's doing anything important because she's messing with her phone. She says no. Uh, he says, well, one day you will be. Ugh. Spencer, this is a great example of how guys who really look good have zero game. Because <laughs> they've never had to? Yeah, never had to. Like, that's such a lame line. Can you mm-hmm. imagine telling a woman that? Well, yeah. one day you will.
1: It's just, yeah, it's such, it's such talking down to another person kind of thing. Um, I, yeah, you, you would not say that unless you they realized you were being joking and sarcastic. And he seems to just mean it like, I'm offering you this support right now. Yeah. Yep. He's a pretty, we're pretty quickly, pretty quickly realizing this guy's a pretty face and not much more.
0: Shib says she's texting with somebody who works for her. This is Tom, by the way, her fucking husband. Uh-huh. Um, and he says on a Saturday, uh, ship says, uh, he better be I'm talking about, he better be working, uh, dude. <laughs> sounds like you're riding him hard. Maybe he likes it yet again. Just hey, pulling a China shop. Mm-hmm.
1: I, I love how ship says it too. For the, he actually asks, uh, I got to make a call. Oh, jealous boyfriend. No, just a guy who works for me. Oh,
0: as you said, that's your husband woman. Come on. Yeah, Shib then says, "Are you flirting with me? Your flirt got all in my pants." <sniffs> Spencer, is this something dirty here from Shib? Uh, seems like it. I guess I've literally never heard
1: someone say that before.
0: I n- did not know what she. I thought she was just saying something lame, and then I started thinking about it. I was like, "Oh, that might actually be." Oh. I, I, oh. I
1: think. Th- I think this is flirting back, and this is her way of you know establishing power over what's happening. I think.
0: of me thinks she's being extremely dirty here. Wyla comes over and shows Shib that Connor has released the video. Jesus Christ, she just told... It was like an hour ago, Connor. Uh, Wyla, he looks cute, though. So now we're getting a sense of, like, the mental acumen of fucking Wyla. She's dope. Yeah, but... Is that the first nice thing she's ever said about him? That we've heard? I've never heard her comment on his looks before, no.
1: That is actually... Kind of was cute, well, she called him cute, and she said it to Shiv. It wasn't like, you know, to him or putting it on, and she seemed like she meant it. It's like, huh. Interesting. I didn't expect you to say that.
0: Yeah, but she should be saying he sounds like a fucking lunatic.
1: Well, she's all, well, we're, we, we've, we're seeing in this episode that, well, is not necessarily the brightest bulb herself. <laughs> or is just very much conditioned in that he's supporting me and I'm going to support him. Back to
0: Hungary, they, the conversation um, at the table, we figure out they are eating boar. I can't imagine it's the boar they just killed. Um, that <laughs> it takes a while to prepare the meat. So it's probably yeah, just some gosh. boar somebody else killed. Um, Logan gets up, says they're supposed to be having a good time. It's time to drink. Drink, everybody, drink. Mm-hmm. Carl again tries to get Tom to speak up, and Tom rightfully is having none of it. Logan asked Frank to give a toast. He says, to old friends. Mm-hmm. And this, Spencer, is when the car goes left of center. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Logan asked Frank why he came. Frank, because you asked me. Logan, uh-huh, uh-huh. Not on a recon for some of your old stuck-up pals? Frank, Logan, we're old friends. Or we Logan, we're old. I try not to leave fences broken. Notice the drinks keep getting filled up. Logan has clearly told the waiters don't let a... As soon as somebody takes a drink, fill it back up. Mm-hmm. Logan, you're a fucking creep. I mean, you went for three jobs, didn't get any of them. Your vineyard was a write-off, and now your trophy girlfriend is sucking some waiter's dick in Palermo. So now you are come crawling back like a fucking worm. Roman is loving this. Oh, yeah. Roman, I'm actually kind of glad he's back now. <laughs> Frank kind of shuts down. What What's happening here? Uh, Ken... That is kind of a sweet moment where he's like, oh, God, I'm in trouble here. Ken, can you help me? Logan, someone has spoken to Michelle Pencil. Then brings up Pierce, wants to know who really has his back. Logan is now storming around the dinner table, wants to know if anybody wants to rat out a rat. Ask if Sid Peach is the rat. She says no, and he immediately accepts it. Spencer, this is the joy of being the primary earnings producer, I suppose. (laughs) Yeah, for everybody
1: else, he grills them. He second guesses them. He challenges them. There's a risk of bore on the floor, as we see in a minute.
0: Sid says, nope, and that's it. Moving on to the next person. Yeah, and it's interesting because I, I, I honestly think that he gives her a break because it's like, well, that's my profit center.
1: Yeah. And, and they've it both,
0: gets her out of the way early. Like, then we're done with her. They've also worked together for,
1: well, I was going to say they've worked together for like 30, 40 years, but so have a lot of people in this room and they get run over the coals. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. She seems to be in a unique position.
0: Really hilarious and tough back and forth here, Logan. Carl, you have something to tell me? Carl, like what? Logan, I don't know where the local whorehouse is. Carl nervously laughs. Well, I don't know about that. Logan, does your old lady know about that? Carl, uh, no. um, You know, she knows I'm a, a, something of a, a libertine. <laughs> Logan, should we get her on the speakerphone? <laughs> Jesus fuck, Spencer. Yeah, he's... This out. is clearly a thing for mm-hmm. Carl that probably more people in the room know than just Logan and Carl. Mm-hmm. And Logan is just laying it bare. He's...
1: He's finding a weakness, and he is hitting it as hard as he can for every person that in this room that he can.
0: Uh, Logan then tells everyone to put the phones on the table. Put your phones on the table. Uh, Jerry questions if that's legal. <laughs> but Spencer, they're in Hungary, so yeah?
1: There's, I mean, they're still U.S. citizens. They're still subject to U.S. laws and requirements. They could still have defense under the Constitution. There's legal problems here. For real? Yeah, U.S. You can U.S. citizens are still subject to U.S. laws even when they're operating abroad.
0: If they're interacting with each other, or yeah, what, what if, they if they were interacting with a with a non-U.S. citizen?
1: Uh, gray areas, kind of thing. But okay. famously, like you engage in sex tourism as a U.S. citizen, you can be prosecuted in the U.S. even though you did it abroad. Interesting. Yeah. Um, somebody
0: tell Carl. <laughs> yeah. Logan asked Tom if he's talked to pencil. Tom says no and says that they should switch to strategy. Logan says the strategy they should switch to is Tom telling him when he has a grandson coming or are you shooting blanks? Logan asks Carl if he likes the pencil deal. Carl says, oh, yes, I do. Logan, bullshit. bore on the floor. bore <laughs> on the floor. It has begun. Bore on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. This is the, the newest game show taking America by storm mm. and hungry by storm. Logan explains that this is a game. Carl has to go stand in the corner. Jerry is starting to look around nervously. I think at this point Jerry does not know where this is going. Starting to lose a little bit of that control. Logan asks Tom. He says there are a lot of factors, but personally, yes, he likes it. Logan, boar on the floor. Over there. <laughs> Logan gets Jerry to stand up. Ask if she likes the Pierce steel. She says, well, actually, I have some doubts. Logan congratulates her for her honesty, and Jerry is spared from boar on the floor. Mm-hmm. Logan turns to my man Greg. Ask if he got any orders from Uncle Ewan. Greg just blurts out that he has some points too and some issues with the Pierce steel and Logan seems annoyed by that sends him in the corner with Carl and Tom Mm -hmm. Greg says but the rules are you're supposed to be spared if you tell the truth and I just told you the truth Logan oh there are rules do you know something Greg there are no fucking rules over there he is making this up as he goes and is delighting in the experience (laughs) yes Logan addresses Roman Roman immediately kicks it to Ken says Ken took a call from the biographer or says Roman took a call from the biographer uh, Kendall, uh, says they all did. Um, at some point, Logan is, uh, leaning over Kendall with his arms on his shoulders. Interesting scene there. He doesn't, he doesn't show, he, you don't see like, like any sort of like physical, he doesn't like, put, he's not a guy who like hugs you or puts his arm around you, but some reason he's leaning on Kendall here. I think it's meant to tell the viewer that Kendall is safe. Kindle is the only guy in the room he really trusts right now. Mm-hmm. Um... Roman says uh, Kendall may have wanted to talk. And I think he's referencing the conversation that they had when they were hunting. Where Kendall's like, oh, I don't know, maybe. Kendall says he was only saying that to smoke Roman out. Roman, what? Fuck you. You don't get to smoke me out. I'm smoking you out. (laughs) (laughs) Nice comeback, Roman. Then Kendall drops the hammer. Why don't you tell us about your mystery call? Spencer, at this point, Kendall is as loyal to Logan as... As he has ever been in the series. Now,
1: yes, immediately saw so. Roman.
0: Didn't question it.
1: And, and I agree with you in terms of the framing of the scene. Is that when Logan is talking to Kendall, uh, talking to Roman, he's walked up behind Kendall, and as you said, has his, has his hands on his shoulders. He's like this is a statement of loyalty, and this is my son right now, kind of thing.
0: Yeah, and I kind of fumbled the part that where they talking about the biographer. But basically what they were talking about there is they were just accusing each other of potentially talking to the biographer. Mm-hmm. While each one said, of course I got a call from the biographer. Everybody got a call. It kind of goes to nowhere. Yeah. I think the, the thing that that really sticks with Logan in this back and forth is the mystery call. Yes. Uh, Roman, oh, the call. It was Frank. He meant to call you. He wanted to know if the plan to overthrow Dad is still happening. Ooh. Logan bellows that someone spiked Pierce and tells Tom to sit on the floor. It's fun! <laughs> Tom is reluctant. Uh, yeah, it's a game. Bore on the floor. <laughs> Tom, I feel... Logan, bore on the floor! Kendall, ring the troops! Bore on the floor! And he starts a chant. So We're getting into a little Lord of the Flies situation here. Oh, yeah. And a
1: full mob forms in a friggin' heartbeat. God, these people turn on each other quick.
0: Oh, and Ray is like fist pumping and like chewing on a sausage and yelling like it just gets ugly really quick
1: Mm -hmm. and i mean how logan does this he's like we talked about him not liking poetry but he has a sense of symbols of like when he puts these boars on the floor he then has them eat sausage he's literally making these
0: people eat themselves that's what he's doing with the whole room yeah it's uh it's very very uncomfortable uh greg turns to tom what is happening Tom? how the fuck would i know you think i have a rational explanation for this fair question fair comment greg carl and tom are now on the floor and logan's security guy gamely exits to help staff Uh, this is where i thought things might actually get violent um logan explains that the rules for boar on the floor is this he's going to throw sausages on the floor the last of the three to get one is the mole tom takes issue with this methodology (laughs) rightly so but logan pushes ahead Greg leans over to Tom and says, "Please."
1: Cuz I mean this is an important moment for the two of them because Tom could sell out Greg right now and absolutely protect himself. Cuz Logan's telling them that, you know, you're going to do what I want and I'm just going to pick one of you to be the mole at the end of this. And who knows what will happen then, but probably nothing good. And from Greg's perspective, or from Tom's perspective, he has the key information? If he sold out, Gregor right now he's protected. He's probably you know, improving his standing in the company. So what do you yeah. do, Greg? What do you do? What do you do, Tom? What do you do?
0: And they chase the boar sausages. Um, <laughs> during this, uh, drunk Roman starts filming the whole sequence with the cell phone that he hid, that is not on the table. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, Tom loses boar on the floor. Interesting, because to your point, now at least from what we know of what Logan is saying and God. God knows it's changing minute for minute he is going to now say that Tom is the mole yeah Tom's still not selling out Greg very interesting
1: no and even Tom's bearing's impressive with this scene of where he's one of the first ones that tells Logan to his face I'm not doing that when he tells him to oink Uh, and then after he's lost he's staring Logan down he's he's sitting on the floor but he's sitting to a
0: certain degree of proud I was kind of surprised and impressed with Tom throughout all this I was too uh, drunk Roman says, "I want to see you, little piggy, <laughs> fucks eat, eat it." Uh, Kendall rips the phone out of Roman's hands and says, "Indemnification, you fucking idiot, Spencer. What is he talking about here?"
1: Uh, huh. I mean, indemnification refers to the idea of you're holding another; per- you're basically passing on the liability that you have committed onto another person who's actually legally responsible for it. So, I'm not sure what the reference means here.
0: I'm not either. I, I mulled it over, and I, I couldn't. I think Kendall might just be conflating terms, and he just what he really means is like, why are you filming this? This is evidence that these people are being mistreated by Dad.
1: Maybe, but I mean, it seems like when he says it, he's just like, I'll yoink. It's it basically it seems like his equivalent of yoink. Now I'm gonna look and see what the call was. I I don't get the reference. I don't. It's not like there's any contract signed of where Romans agreed to accept liability for the actions of a third party. I, I don't know.
0: I don't either. Uh, Kendall and Roman fight, and finally, Kendall gets Roman to unlock his phone. Ooh, mm-hmm. I, I tell you one thing. If I was Roman, he'd have had to kill me before I unlocked that damn phone. Oh, yeah. Cut to Shib and the dude, and the guy explains that he doesn't do screens. <laughs> says that the real <laughs> news these days comes from comedians. Shib uh, basically says, shut up and kiss me. Yeah. Explains that she's in an open relationship. Spencer, I believe this is the first time we've heard her use that phrase now.
1: It is the first time she's said it, particularly to another person. And this is an important conversation for her to have with this guy. It also would have been a lovely conversation for her to have with her spouse before she did this. I mean, even if yep. you, even if you accept that they're in an open relationship, which let's say that's vague at best, most people I know that are open relationship agree that you, before you go and do anything, you to talk with your spouse to make sure everything's okay, kosher, and that they're informed. Shiv's having that with the guy she's doing it with, but not
0: her husband. Oh, wow, you sure know a lot about the rules of open relationships. Yeah. Um, back to the corporate Lord of the Flies scene. Kendall is looking through Roman's phone with the security guy holding Roman off, and Roman is increasingly getting anxious. Logan comes bellowing in, All must have prizes! God knows what he's getting ready to do <laughs> here for the next phrase, phase of Boar on the Floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but thankfully, Kendall puts a put halt to the the, the the game by figuring out that Roman had an incoming call from Naomi Pierce. This is the name of Pierce that Tabitha knows and connected Roman with.
1: Yep. So, in terms of the Pierce's retracting based on information being leaked out to them, well, there's where it went.
0: <laughs> yep. Logan asked Roman to explain, and Roman says he was trying to land the deal. Logan calls Roman a fucking moron. Kendall suggests <laughs> bore on the floor. <laughs> really funny there. It is. You put him on the floor, Dad. <laughs>
1: It's an interesting mix of funny and just really, really sad, because when Logan calls Roman a moron, the Colkin does a wonderful job of just having his face collapse, because this is the absolute thing he never wants to hear from anyone, but particularly from his dad, and it just breaks him just in time for Kendall to helpfully it jump in with the, okay, the next player in our game
0: is coming. Uh, Roman then says this line that I don't think in the moment he absolutely 100% believes Dad, I am not a moron. Logan asked Roman how much a gallon of milk is. Roman mm. seems to... Th- he says, like, literally no <laughs> one knows that, which is just literally false, Roman. Yeah. Like, yes, people know like, how much a gallon of milk costs. Uh, Logan asked around the room. No one seems to know. Logan, I am surrounded by snakes and fucking morons. You're a bunch of silk stocking fucks. Logan asked who's actually who actually backs him on Pierce and Kindle levels with him. None of them do, Dad. They're all against it. Carl's line, Ray's line. Jerry's playing both sides. And Logan none of them, well, none of them here's deny news. It. We are going after it. And what's more, I will, will win. win. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to your point, none of them deny what Kendall is saying here. Kendall's just like the only person in a position to actually give Logan that feedback. Yeah.
1: And I, I love the, just the tone the actor puts into that final. I will win. It's just. He's barely holding the facade of sanity together when he's saying these
0: lines. Yeah, and you compared it over text to, like, a King Lear-type situation?
1: Yeah. And, yeah, it's... The, we're seeing the madness of the man in power right here. I mean, I don't know if you could be, meet a legal definition, but they all of these people are just utterly subject to the whims of an individual who is capricious, cruel, and raging before them. And that's terrifying. These guys, as far as they know, are almost literally
0: fighting for their lives in this room. Yep. Cut to the next morning at breakfast. Awkward. Yeah. <laughs> Tom, though, I like Tom's move here. Uh, Tom comes in and immediately establishes that he had too many drinks. He doesn't remember anything. That's uh-huh. it. I don't remember it all. It didn't happen. <laughs> uh, Tom oh. goes to get breakfast and Sid asks if he'd like a sausage. <laughs>
1: no, thank you. I'll eat your sausage, Tom. I'm sure you will,
0: Sid. <laughs> uh, Jerry asks Frank if this was what he expected when he decided to come. Frank says, well, not really. Jerry says she heard that Logan offered Frank his old job back. Frank says he did, and he's considering it. Jerry is astonished by this. Why? Frank gives a nonsensical, defeated answer. I need money to pay someone to kill a guy in Palermo. It's like a Palermo reference of the episode. Baby needs shoes, moth to a flame. I don't know
1: Yeah, I mean it's kind of the world he knows maybe he actually does need the money I kind of doubt that at this point maybe it's just he kind of enjoys the power he kind of enjoys the. he has kind of has been the greed in the way Kendall said
0: but he probably needs the money to continue the lifestyle that he has he probably sure. doesn't need it to just be okay
1: it's like what these guys definition of the money they need versus the definition of the money that we need are two starkly different things he could live very comfortably if he just have to change the life he's living and that's not something he's willing to compromise, I guess.
0: Frank sits down at the table with Ken. Logan comes in, greets everyone. Logan tells Kendall and Frank to join him. Logan, I'm sorry if last night got a little bit fruity. Jet lag, Meg's horseplay. Frank, the jet lag. Hmm, I get the same way. Frank, border- Frank is bordering on mocking with that comment.
1: Yeah, and Logan just takes it right now, because damn well you better take that after what just happened last night. And they continue back to business.
0: Carolina comes For over. A the biographer <laughs> called and said the person she was talking to was Mo. Uh, remind me who Mo is. Do we know Mo?
1: I don't know. I I, I
0: was thinking maybe Which, that it was one uh, of the former board members or something, but I didn't ring a bell. Uh, I'll tell you. We do. We we either know now or we find out really soon. I won't give you too much about him. But Mo is someone who worked in cruises. Oh. Oh, was Mo the one that uh, was having all the people? I think he was head of cruises before the last guy, who everybody loved.
1: Uh, so he was the one that did all the shit. He was the one that was interviewing people by having them come into his room and all that kind of stuff.
0: That's the guy. Oh, Mo. And is the a reason shit. Mo is awful, and the reason she was able to tell Logan who her uh, who her contact is, is because Mo is now dead. Logan seems shocked. And then says they need to send rat fucker Sam over to offer condolences and break into Moe's email.
1: <laughs> I love the thought process that Logan goes through. Where he does legitimately seem shocked or is like, oh, Mo, now. Like, I think a lot of old people go through where they lose old friends and connections over time. And he's like, oh, well, send my condolences. And then send over rat fucker Sam. Just like, it's, a, it's a thought process of shocked, the appropriate humor reaction, and then back to business. Just in a matter of seconds.
0: It is. He He has a very quick process. Um, but yeah, you're right. I think a lot of... Like, cause it was good writing because he said, Now, Mo? Yeah. Like, yet another one. Uh, Tom sits down with Greg. Greg looking down, not making eye contact. Just says, Thanks, man. Wait, oh, my God.
1: Did you see what Tom did, too? What? He reached over and grabbed his hand.
0: Oh, yeah. I do remember that now. Yeah. It, Sweet moment.
1: It, it's a very human moment between characters. and. I'm actually going to discuss this on relationship advice when we get to it. Because, damn, I was impressed.
0: I was, too. Cut to Roman in his room. It looks like Roman has been up drinking all night. Uh, Completely disheveled. Uh, Jerry comes in, says they're waiting for him downstairs. Roman, dad is killing me. He's cutting my fucking balls off. Roman says he can't do his buttons. (laughs) That's how drunk he is still. (laughs) Uh, So Jerry does them for him, except the last one. He has to do that one himself. Mm. Uh, Jerry, you know... All right, Roman, as she's doing it, Roman says, you know, if I was capable of any sudden movement, I'd totally pounce on you right now. Jerry, (laughs) I actually get that a lot, usually from men in their 90s. (laughs) (laughs) Their their relationship is a unique and interesting thing. Yeah, it is. Jerry asks how Roman is doing. Roman says he's doing terrible, says he's going to blame Tabitha. What? Blame Tabitha? says it was her idea. It totally wasn't. It was his idea. What the hell? You're throwing Tabitha under the bus. Uh, Jerry, good advice here. Next time you need business advice, ask someone who knows what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. Roman, like you? Jerry, yeah, like me. (laughs) That's what I'm getting at, dude. Yeah. And he goes
1: on to, you know, try to get advice from her, which his initial suggestion is grow a mustache and read the journal, which, okay, looks matter. But then she gives him very sound advice, sound advice that we particularly know is sound because it's the straight up thing that Logan has recommended for Shiv already about what he wants her to do to take him take seriously. Is that go through the management training program, start from the ground floor, learn basic human knowledge of people who work, the people that uh, Logan actually respects. This is really good advice that Roman cannot take seriously.
0: Yeah, I mean, and and Jerry even ties it into the night before, where she says, "You know, work on the ground floor in the slaughterhouse. Learn the price of a gallon of milk." Yeah, crazy line by Roman here. What is his obsession with milk? You know, drinks milk, kittens, and perverts. Spencer, good question. Do you? I don't know, Spencer. Do you drink milk? I don't drink milk straight, but I use milk in a lot of things. Sure, I will. I will drink a glass of milk from time to time.
1: It, milk's the thing kind of thing of where I guess I've just trained my mind so much that I don't drink milk straight that it tastes funny when I don't have something else to mix it with. Like, you know, cereal, wonderful. Cook, some cookies and some brownies, great. Just a glass of milk, it just tastes off.
0: Yeah, it's good for me uh, right before bed. A glass of milk before bed. Nice. Cuts Pervert. of the plane. Uh, they're on their way back and Frank says Pierce's CEO, someone named Raya Jarrell, contacted him and said she can help with the approach. Logan and Kendall seem pleased. Mm-hmm. Offer some compliments to Frank for what he's done already in terms of getting this going. Back to New York. Shib is in her living room and Tom comes in. Tough, tough scene here, Spencer.
1: Very, very interesting. Scene we have a, a lot
0: of tough Shib-Tom scenes in this show. This is up there. This is mm. on the, the Mount Rushmore. Yeah. She asked Tom how it went. Tom is not really lying here. He says, it was pretty tough. Anybody fill you in? Ship says, no, what happened? Tom, your dad was a little peppery. Uh, Shib says she's sorry. I don't think Shib really understands what Tom's saying here. Tom, maybe it wasn't totally great what you sent me to do, which was kind of the opposite of what I wanted to do. I mean, we're a team, right? I don't want to be a dick, but maybe I should have a bit more input into team tactics. Mm -hmm. Tom doesn't know this, but this is the perfect time to bring this up because Shib is feeling all measure of guilt. She just looks away and says, yeah, of course. Tom asks how her weekend was, if there's anything to report. Mm -hmm. Which he just means is just an honest, how was your weekend, honey, kind of question. And she, her face drops. She can't make eye contact, at least for just fleeting moments. And she says, yes, there is something to report. Tom gets it. You see Tom's face. He understands what she's saying. She says, would you like to know? And he said, well, maybe later. And then he says, come here, hug me. What? Tom is tough, man. That guy is fucking tough. Tough to do that. And she comes and hugs him, and as she's hugging him, she looks away. She looks completely disgusted with herself. Shib's phone rings. Logan says they need to set a date. It's time to bring her in. Boom! End of episode.
1: That was a rough scene for two characters, and it really just again fra- frames out the complexity in both of them. I mean, she have too. I mean, we, we bash on her a lot, but she's one of the characters that feels honest to God guilt about her actions occasionally, which makes it all the more confusing that she keeps doing them. As you said, she seems to be reeking with guilt and self-loathing in the scene for what she did, but she had none of those feelings in the moment. She isn't a weird and mixed anathema of a
0: person. Completely agree. Um, I, I don't... All I Here's what I take away from that last scene. Tom is just a whipping boy for everybody. It seems yeah. like every situation, he gets the short end of the stick. Yeah,
1: and he knows this And yet his only support network is Shiv And right now, he just really needs a hug
0: Yeah um, Okay, so you uh, previously mentioned That you wanted to know how I Were I a direct report of Logan Would have handled the bore on the floor scene
1: Yeah, let's just say you are one of the people That's sitting there, he has come to you How you got, how you handle this Let's say, make it a little bit harder for you Jerry's already talked
0: So here's what I'll say um, If I was a direct report of Logan I would be accumulating secrets on everybody. Mm. I would need. I would never feel comfortable unless I had something in my back pocket that was detrimental, some piece of information that was detrimental to at least two or three other people in that room.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So what I would do is I would play one of those cards in that situation. So let's say I knew that Sid um, had embezzled money from the company five years before. She was maybe short on money and she, you know, took $50,000 out somehow. And I came across that information. If I came across that information, I would tell no one. I'd keep it in my back pocket and I'd wait till a moment like this. And I would say, well, Logan, I don't know, but I know you have one liar in the room. It's Sid. She stole $50,000 from me five years ago. (laughs) So you'd engage in a game of misdirection, essentially. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. I would Ten? get the heat off me, and I would I would only I, but I would only do so with something substantial and something that I know is true and that I suspect Logan does not know. Okay. Do you think anybody other than Jerry could have pulled off the honesty trick? I don't think there was anything Jerry was going to say that was going to make Logan make her go sit on the floor.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I think she also did the right moment there because that's the perspective Logan sees her from. Is that pushed him to shove? She's gonna be the one that gives me honest advice what she actually believes. So she's keeping the theme and what Logan values her there. But I also agree that. As much as he's going to bash anybody here, Jerry is in a kind of similar category to Sid of where I'll mess with her to a certain degree, but she's protected. She's too important.
0: Yep. Um, do you have any general thoughts about the episode before we go into Spencer's relationship advice of the episode?
1: This is a really good episode just because it was continually shocking. Um it was very well written, it was very well acted, it played out well, it had an excellent build. This felt like one of the fastest episodes they've done, just because it flowed so well scene to scene in terms of building up to this ending. And it it uh, it's unsettling, really. I mean, it's always uncomfortable to see somebody's in such a position of power that they can just treat everyone around them like a plaything. And we always knew that was where Logan was at, and that was the mindset that he went into. But he was at least willing to keep a certain degree of polite fiction attached to it. You know, keep up the pretenses of being a responsible individual who cares about the shareholders, ha ha. Here, <laughs> he's not even bothering. It's just like, no, I am God of this room. I am Stalin upon you, and I'm going to act like it, and there's nothing you can do other than bend my will. And I said, That's scary, and it's really uncomfortable to watch it play out. It's hilarious too, because it's not happening to us. You know, it's the old Mel Brooks line about tragedy as I cut my finger, comedy as you fall into an open sewer and die. So, sure, it's hilarious what's happening to these people. But if I was there, it would be hell.
0: Completely agree. Um, yeah, it's tough. <laughs> uh, I, I'll tell you, this is a top three episode for me all time. Um...
1: It, it's got to be up there. I, I think I actually even like this better than Tom's bachelor party in terms of just real quality episode.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I, I I might like it better, too, only because the bachelor party scene wasn't long enough. I needed at least 90 minutes of the bachelor party scene.
1: <laughs> yeah, they kind of deprived you there. Just a little bit of hint.
0: Yeah. Okay, do you want to jump into Spencer's relationship advice of the episode?
1: I will keep it relatively brief because uh, I've already discussed a couple of the points already. But in terms of going through open relationships, relationships already depend on a certain degree of trust. They depend on honesty with your partner. And an open relationships are already kind of pushing that to the limit because it's not in the cultural kind of training most people go into anyway. So for it to work, for you and a partner to be willing to sleep with other people and have that be something that doesn't inherently drive you into a mess of paranoia and distrust and loathing of each other... You have to be even more open and honest exactly about your intentions and exactly about what your plans are. You would never, with any hope of that actually working out well, have a fling with someone else without vetting it with your partner beforehand and discussing it with them. And I don't know to what degree Shiv does not get that or does not care, but either way it's bad. The fact that she had a more honest conversation with the guy she's hooking up with than she could with her husband beforehand or after, is really not healthy in any sense of the word. And as you said, that last between the two of them is two deeply twisted, unhappy people having no one else but each other. And that's a really kind of dark moment to end the episode on, but it's very fitting of this show. So just a first comment there. And the second comment, as rough and awkward as their relationship has been leading up into this moment, as deeply, deeply abusive as it was particularly in season one, This here, right now, I hope everybody out there can have a friend like Tom. Because that man pretty much willingly was facing the firing squad, saying, you know, that he was willing to take that information to the grave to protect his friend. He warned Greg that I could see you at any time, but when push came to shove, when he was actually forced to, you know, pick his loyalties over his self-advancement, he picked a friend. And that is an impressive statement of character that we previously hadn't had out of Tom. I mean, he's got any number of vices, any number of problems, but to do that for a friend is something you all would hope that you'd be willing to do for a friend or hope that your friends would do for you. And that merits all kinds of note and all kinds of props.
0: Completely agree. Uh, Tom, just so clutch this episode for Greg. That gets us to our next segment, which is Roman line of the episode. What are your nominations, Spencer?
1: Uh, I've got a few, because Roman had a lot this episode. Um, let's see here. Oh, fuck off, dude. Don't be such a suck-up. It's pathetic. To immediately followed by, oh, I fucking love it, but that's just my honest opinion. God, you're such a worm. Uh, he can do whatever the fuck he likes. He's like a human Saudi Arabia. It was a wonderful description of Logan. Uh, the Hamlet line. I lay in the deal. I kill Kendall. I'm crowned the king. Just like Hamlet. If that's in Hamlet. I don't care. Uh, the dick measuring contest. I don't want I don't want to get into a dick measuring contest, but I've got a more powerful I've a better, more powerful dick than you. That's what and which I'm sure is not saying much. And I hope you like red wine and killing shit. And of course I'll end up with you know who drinks milk? Kittens and perverts.
0: All very good. I think there's a clear winner here, and, and like most weeks, it's the winner because it also hits to the theme of the episode. Roman line of the episode, season two, episode three. Hunting is he can do whatever he wants. He's like a human Saudi Arabia. That's a great line. It's such a great description of Logan. And Just it's, yeah, kind of and power it's perfect it's, for the episode considering the boar on the floor incident, right?
1: Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. He, he has the power of royalty upon them. Uh, can I ask you a question that was kind of raised in a prior episode that's now relevant now? Yeah, fire away. Uh, would you rather be uh, trapped in a pool with a shark, locked in a cage with a tiger, or locked in that room with Logan?
0: For boar on the floor. Locked in the room with Logan I, I, I miss, might just be pride talking I still I, I, As I watch the show I think I could handle him uh, Handle him in the sense that you could talk
1: your way out of it Or you could wrestle for that damn sausage way better than Carl and Tom could Well
0: I'd get the sausage No doubt <laughs> One way you're winning this I'm going to get the sausage but I don't think I'd be on the floor I think I would have put Sid on the floor Or somebody like that Maybe okay. not Sid because she makes too much money But somebody else I would have sold out Okay good call Completely shameless All right, now a really difficult segment this week. I don't know where we go with this one, Spencer. A lot of losers, not a lot of winners. Roy, the episode?
1: Let's talk it out because I I agree. Nobody comes out of this one in a perfectly good position. I mean, we're we're giving a lot of props to Tom just for his strength of character, but God, he can't win because, man, he was shit on this episode. Tom
0: gets honorable mention.
1: He gets honorable mention for just strength of
0: character, I think. With a focus on honorable.
1: Yeah. Uh, Greg has gotten honorable mention... Throughout every episode previously But he cannot get it this time around Because
0: No No he's at the bottom of the list
1: (laughs) Bottom of possible list Uh, Roman No Dear Christ No Uh, He screwed up horribly And got it called out by everybody Um, Shiv I mean she had some Right calls But if her play was with Tom That didn't work out well When she ends this episode Just wrapped up in guilt Having accomplished nothing That she was even set by Logan To do Ah, uh, so no, there. That leaves us with what? Kendall and Logan, then, among our immediate family. Yeah. Unless you want to start considering the very subordinates, but I don't think they fairly factor in.
0: I think I'm going to say Logan here. Yeah, because he's able to get the tr- get the truth that he wants, absent the Greg piece. But he does learn that Mo was also talking to the biographer, which is important. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I'm sure that what the biographer was talking about, you know, they had something substantial. She wasn't talking about Greg because Greg didn't give her anything. No, no. Single line. She was probably talking about Mo. Uh, So he figured that out. He also figured out who, you know, tipped Pierce off. And even though someone tipped Pierce off at the end of the episode, he's now got a meeting with the uh, PGN CEO. So, you know, it's he's getting what he wants. And he obviously did it in a non-traditional saying the least way. But at least he's on a path now for this acquisition, which is what his primary goal was this episode. So, again, not a lot of winners here, but if I have to pick somebody. I'm picking Logan.
1: I agree. I mean, if we were to vote for Kendall, it would be an, it, it would be a, not an accurate choice, just in the sense that of all the various members, he's putting himself in the best position to gain power, and it's his relationship with Logan's only continuing to grow. He clearly seems to be framing himself as number one son, and Logan agrees right now. In terms of being Logan's enforcer, but none of that clearly is what he wants. He's still operating as a robot. He's getting better each episode a little bit, but this is still not the future he imagined for himself. Yeah, in terms of both success and exercising agency of will, I think Logan has to be the only choice here. He's not only demonstrating his power and getting what he wants, but the deal with Pierce appears to be going forward. It's like this one may actually happen where
0: he failed before. He's The world is his oyster and he's getting it all completely agree uh so yeah i I gotta say it's it's logan tough episode for a lot of characters shout out to my man tom strength the character i really liked it um i really like this episode Uh, yeah i really like season two i'm having fun with it. it it is a blast and it's an interesting question to see
1: where it's ultimately going because the fact they mentioned mo again is interesting and in fact, you kind of be cagey, oh, we'll find more bit more going forward. So I'm wondering where the cruises is going to blow up. They even dropped cruises between Tom and Greg against. They want us to remember it. So I'm curious whether any more of that starts to go south. Um, Shiv's rise to power, maybe? But she's been out of focus more than Kendall ever was. So I'm not sure whether that's going to, how, where, how far that's going to go, or whether it's just going to go into that she's being played. Which I assume always assume that's the case with Logan. Mm-hmm. Logan's conquering of the news? I mean... Logan could be the focus, his plans could be the focus, his dream could be the focus. There's Unlike first unlike the first season where there seemed like a clear thread of focusing on Kendall's story, his conflict with his father, his place in the family, his own place in the world that he wanted, was our much more clear focus and everything else was supportive, this one has several different points divided up, and I'm not sure which one we're going to shoot for by the time this is over.
0: Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, anything you want to say before we wrap up? This was a, was a bear of an episode. It's a bore of an episode, Spencer. Uh,
1: yeah, quite a bore indeed. I, no, I'm just, I, I'm again so happy you recommended the show. I'm having a blast with it. And with the next episode named Safe Room, mm-hmm. I'm
0: very curious to see what's coming next. Oh, we're going to have a lot of fun with next week. Okay. Uh, thanks for doing this with me, Spencer. This has been Mangum Talks TV. We're covering HBO Succession. These episodes come out every Sunday. Thanks for listening. See ya.